So my message uh, this Christmas Eve is don't miss Christmas. Don't miss Christmas. Now, I'm not talking, as you might have thought, about forgetting what day Christmas is or being away when Christmas takes place. And I'm not talking about being too busy to properly observe Christmas. And people talk about this all the time. So busy, um, Christmas is so commercialized. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, and I'm not talking about overlooking the meaning of Christmas. People talk about that very often during the Christmas season. Oh, you're focusing too much on the gifts and the gatherings and being together with other people and the hustle and bustle. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not even talking about what I call mere forgiveness. Remember what the angel told Joseph? He said, Joseph, I want you to give the name to Mary's son. I want you to give him the name Jesus. And do you remember what, um, why the angel said, you, call, you will call his name Jesus? And if you never heard this before or you're not recollecting it, you will call his name Jesus, the angel says, because he will save his people from their sins. That's why he was named Jesus. I'm not even talking about that uh, or limiting it to that. It is true that you need forgiveness. It is true that I need forgiveness because you've sinned and I've sinned. Everybody has sinned. That's what the Bible teaches. And if you're honest in your own heart with yourself, you know that you've not always been the person you should be. There's things that you've done that you shouldn't have done. And there's things you, you could have done that would have been the right thing to do that you didn't for whatever reason. And we don't like maybe to think about it too often, but God takes our sins very seriously. And that's why I mentioned earlier, and we've, we, we sang about it a couple of times here, that Jesus Christ came into the world, God with us, but he also died at the hands of the world on a cross. Now, praise God, he didn't stay dead because he had no sin to pay for. He was paying for our sins. But God, as you can see, takes our sins very seriously. But I'm not talking about mere forgiveness as the meaning of Christmas. Um, I'm not even talking about the great gift of eternal life. If you believe in Jesus, God forgives your sins. If you believe in Jesus, God forgave your sins, and he will continue to forgive your sins until you trust him and enter into his presence at the time of your death or when he comes back. No, I'm not talking about mere forgiveness or mere eternal life. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, there's Christmas right there that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's great, forgiveness, essential, eternal life. Who wants to die and end up in the grave for the rest of all time and eternity? Nobody. But I'm talking about more than that. I'm talking about something that is easy to miss, and you don't want to miss this on Christmas. The true gift of Christmas is God himself. Think about it. If you haven't received God through Christ, you've missed Christmas. Because that's really the totality and the focus of what Christmas is. Yes, the Christ child was born. He grew up. He died on a cross. He died to pay for our sins. Yes, forgiveness, essential, 
We believe in him and his resurrection, and we have an everlasting life, essential. Death is not the end. We live forever. But I want you to connect the dots with me for just a few moments, and I want us to go deeper into what the faith is all about, what Christ is all about, and why he came. Connect the dots. You will call his name Jesus, the angel said, for he will save his people from their sins. He also told Joseph, who was going to terminate his engagement with Mary because she was pregnant and he knew it wasn't him and the story she told him was hard to believe. So he was getting ready to divorce her. The angel came and said, no, Joseph, this is from the Lord. So call his name Jesus when he's born, which he did. And then he says, because he is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, his name shall be called, you know it, Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Jesus, he will save us from our sins, and he's God with us. You must bring the two together. Because if God doesn't fill your heart as a result of Christmas, you've missed Christmas. That's what Christmas is really all about. Let me ask you this. Those of you who know, you know, those of you who know your Bibles, why was there no temple in the Garden of Eden? Because in the history of the world, there's been a temple for hundreds and thousands of years. Why was there no temple in the Garden of Eden if that was the perfect place in the very beginning? Well, you might be able to figure out the answer because there was no sin. Because God and man were together in that garden. It was paradise. It was before sin and evil came into the world. So God and man were together in harmonious fellowship. And then Adam sinned, and that's when he started to need a temple. A temple became a special place where God could live with people. Now let me ask you this. Why is it after Christ died and rose again, there's still no temple? Why is it that Jesus didn't turn around and say, build me a temple? Because we have to have a place to meet. He doesn't do that. There's no temple now. Well, it's because when you believe in Jesus and God comes into your heart, you're the temple. It's when we come together as God's people with Christ in our hearts, we're the temple. The temple now is human beings. God doesn't live in a building symbolically. He truly lives in us. That's why Jesus said, God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So to worship him in spirit is to worship him believing in Christ. And Christ comes into our hearts and he lives in us. We actually become where God lives. So the great gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ is God himself. God imparts himself to you through your faith in Jesus Christ. This means that you get to know God personally. He's as close or closer than your own skin. He's as close or closer than your own breath. Maybe that's why in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the word for the Holy Spirit is breath or wind or air. Because God comes and he lives inside. And even as I, and even as you breathe, God comes to you so close and so near. He's one with us. And we know his indwelling in our hearts. That's Christmas. 
That's why God became flesh, is so that God could come and live inside of you and inside of me. It means that God himself and Jesus Christ comes powerfully and yet gently present in your heart and life every single day. Because when it says he comes to live in our hearts, he uses a verb, to live, and it means to live there permanently. It's not like you move here because I'm working in this city for three months and I'm renting a place and then I'm going to go back to my real home. You and I become God's real home. So this is Christmas. So I want to, I want to read a couple of verses or so just to cement this and underline this. Paul prays that God the Father would grant us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. You see it? So the Spirit comes and he makes Jesus known to us and we believe in Jesus. We repent of our sins. We seek his forgiveness and we welcome him into our hearts. And he comes in to live in us and then kind of lead us and guide us and steer us as we go through different situations and circumstances in our lives. Jesus promises this before Paul ever knew anything about it. Jesus promises you his personal presence. He says it like this. He's getting ready to go to the cross and die, and he says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Now, when he talks about that day, he's talking about after he's gone to the cross, he died. Three days later, he rises again, and he begins to show himself to his own. And they begin to say, now we understand what that was all about. So that's what he says. He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him or her, and we, my father and I, will come to, to make our home with you. So when Jesus comes to live within you, he comes not by himself, but with the Father and the Holy Spirit. So we become the very dwelling place of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is the great gift of Christmas, the great gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's God himself. So as believers, then, we are God's temple. So no temple is going to be built. There is this temple, living stones, Peter says. We're living stones. We're being put together. Not literal stones, but living stones. So, uh, so, so Paul says this, For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's the gift of the gospel. That's the true meaning of Christmas. And then I love this one because you and I live in a fallen world. And we know things don't always go well, humanly speaking. We know that there's ups and downs, trials and tribulations. There may be some of you right now, you're going through some trials. You're going through some tribulation. And you don't want to have to handle it by yourself on your own. And lots of times, the people around us can't help us. And sometimes we feel terrifically alone. And we think, what am I going to do? Listen, 
You are of God, little children. Now the same John that we read, John 1, 1 to 18, in the word, the word became flesh. He wrote a little letter called, we call it 1 John. He writes this in there. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Think about it. If God is really in you, there's no one greater than God. I'm weak. You know, sometimes I'm really scared. Or I'm in a place where I really don't know what to do. Then I remember, he who is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And that includes me. He's greater than I am. And oftentimes, you and I are no match for the things we face. So this is Christmas. Don't miss it. Don't miss Christmas. So I want to ask you this. Have you heard Jesus' invitation, not only with your ears, but in your hearts? And this is Jesus' invitation. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And I say dine, what's that mean? It's, it's a figurative way of saying, if you hear me and you believe in me, don't keep me out. Welcome me in and I will come in and I will fellowship with you. That's the idea of dining, is you welcome Jesus into your, your heart home and we sit down together and you fellowship together. God becomes real in you and to you. And there's nothing like it in the world. You can ask people who, who are born again. Some of you, lots of you, I'm sure, will, will be able to testify to this. When it happened to me, I just knew God was there. I just knew that he was the great reality of my life. And even times when I've gone astray and I haven't been the, the, the man I should be, he's always been faithful to me and always been there. And when I've gone through things where really scared about this, I don't know how this is going to turn out, always have known he's there with me. He always finds a way to make that known. And he'll do that for you when you invite him in and say, come in, I don't want to be alone. I've got things I'm facing. I don't want to face by myself. Things I cannot handle. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. And I want to know your fellowship. I want to know your nearness. When I breathe, remind yourself, if you're a believer, God is closer than your own breath. So what are you afraid of? The glory of Christmas is God is with us. And then there's something else. I, I thought about, well, I, I should say this, take a few moments to say this. It's in Hebrews. Now, maybe you've heard this, but these are the literal words. It's Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. For God himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Pretty familiar. But put all of this together. God himself has said. So God's own personal word to you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then it says this. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? And all through the ages, and even right now, in many parts of the world, there are people who believe in Jesus like us. And they are facing death because they believe in Jesus. 
And because they know this, that God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and they know Christ is in them, God is in them, they're willing to stand up and confess Christ and even be killed for it. Because they say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Kill me, I'm in the presence of God. He's in my, he's, he's, he is present in me now, but you kill me, I'll be present with him there forever and ever and ever. So whatever you face, stubborn sins, we all have them, don't we? Difficult people, I have difficult people, maybe you don't. An unhappy marriage, watch out, pastor, don't meddle. Trials and tribulations of every kind, chronic pain and sickness. You know, the other day I was driving down McDade, and I don't know if you know about, you've seen the place there, it's Pain Management Center. Every parking spot was full. And I drive, I'm driving by there, and I thought, oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Maybe I'll be there next week, you know? So whatever you face, by faith, Christ dwells in your heart. God is with you. And this is why we can say with a full heart, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, because God is with us. Amen? Uh, let me close in prayer. We thank you, Father, for the gift of your Son. Don't let anybody here tonight miss Christmas by missing out on you giving yourself for us and to us. And if there's anyone here, Lord, who hasn't received you, I pray now you will speak to their hearts, have been speaking to their hearts, and that you will call them to say, I open the door to you. I don't want to leave you out. I need you. Forgiveness, everlasting life, and your own personal and beloved and precious presence in my own heart. Oh, thank you. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We pray in your name. Amen.